Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. With or without the music, which, with the music, you think? All right. Well, uh, welcome to River of Life where technical difficulties reign supreme. Uh, We are so glad that you're here, and uh, many of you are in mourning after this afternoon's Grizz Bobcat game. Um, That was hard. Uh, It's like being a Packer fan. Um, Okay, moving on from that. Uh, I just want to take a moment, and uh, I want to mention a couple things to you. If you were here during church chat, you saw that they talked about the Israel trip, and there was a deadline that was mentioned that's tomorrow. We're actually extending that deadline. And so um, that trip is a year from this month. And so uh, if you are at all interested in more information about that, you can go to rolmt.com slash Israel, and uh, you'll be able to see the dates and the times of all of that. So if that's something that you'd be interested in getting more information on, please uh, do that, and you can reach out to Pastor Angela as well, and she will give you the details on that. I wanted to take a moment, and I wanted to thank... Uh, Pastor Hunter and their team last week for doing the Youth Takeover Weekend. Um, They did a great job. It was really good to hear all the good reports, and I finally got to watch uh, the service just the other day, and uh, it's just amazing to see how God is raising up amazing pastors and leaders in this church, and it's just a blessing for me to be able to know that I can, I can be gone, and things will, not only will they happen, but they'll happen well, and, uh, and so we're super blessed by that, so I want to thank them for that, and again, uh, Pastor Seth, for last night's worship night, I know you put a ton of effort and time into that, and if you weren't here, you missed out. It was phenomenal last night, and so uh, just thank you to the team. You guys are incredible. And I appreciate all that you do. We give them all a round of applause. They work super hard. Um, I just, I'm super excited about this. 140, and as you're looking, you're seeing boxes. But as I was standing down there and we were worshiping and I kind of opened my eyes and just again took in this sight, I'm real, it made me just have a moment where I had to think like this is a box, but it's a family. Like this is a big deal. And it's not just like, hey, and for those of you who are new to River, we've been doing this for, for almost the whole time that we've had the church, for almost 15 years. But we started out and, and somebody had the idea, hey, we should buy people a turkey. But what we realized early on is if you buy people a turkey, you actually, if you're, if you're struggling financially, you, I just bought you a, a, a problem is what I bought you. I didn't buy you a solution, I bought you a problem. And so we said right from the beginning, we don't want to just give a turkey. We want to give the whole meal so that if you're, if you're in a place where you're in, in need, you'll be able to take this box and, and be able to do the whole meal. There's even instructions in there as to how to make the meal. And so what a blessing it is. And to just watch the team come out and just work tirelessly. As, as the church has grown and outreach has grown, it was incredible because we used to have to figure out where we're going to store all the turkeys. And they fired up one of our refrigerators trucks and they've had that thing going and and full of turkeys and all the other stuff that needed to be refrigerated. So God is good. Amen. 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 
Well, uh, we are going to start a new series that we're calling Genealogy, and we're going to do this all the way up until uh, the week before Christmas Eve will be our kids' uh, play, and I'm going to tell you right now, Nikki and her team have been working so hard on this play. We, we're giving them both days this year because I'm believing that this is going to be an incredible, incredible opportunity to bring people into the house that wouldn't normally come to church. And, uh, and just a way to, to uh, highlight what our children are doing. And so that's going to be incredible. But all the way up until that weekend, we're going to be looking at the genealogy. And I was talking to somebody right before church, and I said, because nothing gets people more excited than genealogy. <laughs> I mean, like when you're reading the Bible, and all of a sudden you come to like, so-and-so begat so-and-so who begat, you're like, yeah, that's the greatest. I can hardly wait, Jason. This sounds incredible. She's, she's still excited about it. That's great. But I think it's important for us to look at Jesus's family tree. And you're going to understand more why in just a little bit. But Luke chapter 17, verse 32 says this, remember Lot's wife. This is Jesus talking. He says, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life will preserve it. So I'm going to pray. God, we just thank you for today. And we thank you for what you're going to do in this room. We thank you for, again, for this opportunity that we have to show your love in this community. And Father, I thank you for those who've been so instrumental in putting this together. And God, I just pray that as each of these baskets is delivered, that God, you will transform homes and lives, bring hope. And God, we pray as we look at your word today, I pray for those in Star Valley and in the jail and those who will watch in Malawi and all the other places that they'll watch. I pray, God, that your word would not return void, but that God, you would do what only you can do, that you'll bring us from where we are to where we need to be. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus grabs an Old Testament reference to make a point. And I want us to look at that Old Testament story for just a moment. You can read the rest of the story that I'm about to kind of give you the synopsis from in Genesis chapter 13. But before we get into this, I want you to understand something because in the next few weeks, we're gonna look at the genealogy, but we're also gonna be kind of looking at the misfits and the messes that are in Jesus's bloodline. Um, and I think it's important, but with that, what you need to understand is we're going to be talking about some Bible stories that some of them would make Hollywood blush. Um, and so I am going to tell the Bible stories. We're not going to shy away from the Bible, but I am just going to tell you that if you have children that are in the room, I'm not going to go into great detail on anything, but we are going to talk about some things that are definitely, uh, maybe will we'll make some questions for your young children. Uh, and, and I just want to give you a little heads up on that. Um, but as we look at this, we need to understand, and I'm going to give you the little backstory, and then we're going to jump into the part that I really want you to hear tonight. We're going to talk about Abram, who will later be named Abraham. And he was called uh, to journey, and he's journeying with, with his nephew Lot. And as they're doing that, God begins to bless Abram. And he has so many flocks and so many workers that they're beginning to run out of space in order to feed all of their flocks. And so there began to be an issue and the, the, the different tribes and the different groups of people are beginning to fight over land rights and who gets to feed their crops where and what that's gonna look like. And so it, begin, it begins to become messy. And so Abram being a peacemaker, he stands up and he offers a solution. He says, listen, 
uh, we need to do something about this. And so Abram says to Lot, listen, there's, there's a north and there's a south uh, piece of property. And so, so you're going to take your group and you're going to go to one of them and I'm going to go to the other one and I'm going to give you a choice. You get to pick which piece you want. Now, how many of you know if it's Abram's land, he has the ability to do whatever he wants, but in this moment, he's trying to be the peacemaker. And so he says, you get to choose whichever one, whatever direction you want to go. And, and just so you understand, one direction, it is plush, it's green, it's got water, it's got, an, it's got animals, it's got five great cities. And the other direction is like stony, hilly ground. It's destitute. And so as the story goes, Lot chooses the better of the two. He makes a selfish decision. And and as, as we continue to watch this story unfold, God continues to bless Abram. And for Lot, this is a starting point of a downhill spiral. He begins with a selfish decision and he moves towards what on the surface seemed great, but it was very short-sighted. Life choices should be made with eternity in mind. And there's a lot of us, I believe today, that are making decisions that are short-sighted. We're making decisions on what's easiest for us today, what's, what feels good for us today, what, what brings us some amount of satisfaction in the moment, and that's what Lot did. Abram said, listen, I'm willing to do whatever, I just want there to be peace. And for Lot, he said, you know what looks good is that piece of land, and so that's the direction I'm going to go. And when we make decisions based on selfish desires, it usually leads us into bad places. Too many decisions are made out of the emotion of the moment. Maybe you sit here today and you're one who, when things get a little bit hard, you quit. I, I, I know people, I, I had a guy that was on my youth staff when I used to be a youth pastor, and he would constantly move from job to job to job. If things would get a little hard, he'd quit. He'd make an emotional decision. The next thing I knew, he was broke, and he, he, had no, he needed help with his rent. He needed all the things. It was very short-sighted. He didn't think things through before he made decisions. As we look at this story, we see that Lot is making a decision that is very short-sighted. We need to filter our decisions through what is God's will for my life? What is it that God has for me? So Lot moved toward the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 12, we see Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tent near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. So as we follow this story, and we're, again, we're not going to read the whole thing, but as we follow the story, we see that Lot begins to move closer and closer to the city. Selfish choice, choices often move us in a direction that seems great, but will soon leave us camping near sin. Soon he moved his family from the field to the outskirts of the town, and eventually he moved in. They are now being transformed by their location. Can, you've ever heard, my wife used to be in real estate, and, and one of the things that they would say is location, 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 right? Well, for many of us, what we need to understand is, is we're not in a situation where we're moving closer to a city that's full of sin, but we may be moving closer to sin, there may be things in our lives that we're starting to allow ourselves, because at first Lot, Lot probably saw, oh, these guys aren't, aren't serving God, and so I'm going to be out here, and, and I can hear them. I can hear them talking and laughing, and I can hear what's going on at night. But as, they, as time went on, he was like, well, I'll just get a little closer, but I'm not going to move into the city. I'm just going to move close to the city. 
And for some of you, what you've done is you've allowed yourself to move close to the sin, thinking, well, I won't actually sin, but I'll just move close enough to where I can hear it or I can experience it or I can... And, and the, the amazing thing about the enemy is he's really good at moving us closer and closer and hopefully moving you into the city is what, is what his eventual plan is. So we skip now to Genesis 19 and we see, meanwhile, Abram is praying for Lot and his family. And I want you to, don't underestimate the power of prayer. I know that for some of you, you've got, you've got wayward family, you've got struggles in your life, you've got kids that aren't serving the Lord, you've got, you got a, a spouse that isn't, isn't coming to church with you or isn't interested in God, whatever that situation is. Abram is praying for Lot, and out of his prayer, a miracle takes place. God sends angels to warn Lot what God is going to do to these cities. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna destroy them. And uh, we see that the sinful nature is on display in our society right now. And it's unbelievable the amount of things that, that have changed. Again, every time I mention it, it's like over the last year, over the last five years, how, how, how much closer we're getting to Sodom and Gomorrah. And we're, we're moving closer and closer, all the while making excuses that, well, at least we're not there, but we're pretty close. And so as we look at this, we see that, that uh, as Abram is praying, that God begins to move. Genesis chapter 19, verse 15. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them to safety out of the city, for the Lord was merciful on them. So these angels show up and they, they come to warn them. And even in their warning, the angels show up and they're like, guys, you gotta get out. God's gonna do something. And they still hesitate. Isn't there something amazing about the draw of sin? There's something in us that, that our, our, our human nature is drawn to it. And so the, in that moment where an angel shows up, I would hope that if I'm doing something sinful and an angel shows up and says, hey, bud, this isn't going to work. Like Things are about to get real for you. I would hope that in that moment I, would, I wouldn't hesitate. But they hesitate and they grab them by the hand. Verse 17, as soon as they had brought them out, out one of them said, flee for your lives, don't look back, and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. So as they get just beyond the city, Lot's wife turns and looks back and the Bible says that she's turned into a pillar of salt. So now we look at back at what Jesus was saying. He's saying, remember Lot's wife. We see that Lot was starting down this path as he moved away from God's blessing and he moved his family closer and closer to sin. Eventually, he succumbed to temptation, and God shows mercy on them and says, I'll rescue you from impending doom. So when your rescuer, your lifesaver, gives you instructions, we need to do them. She looks back, wanting to see one more time the life that she was giving up. Is that amazing? I mean, if we think about that in context, again, if, if all of a sudden angels show up and we know them to be angels and they say, 
I am coming because God is showing mercy for you. Come with me and they give you instructions. I would hope that we would all do whatever the angel says to do. But in this moment, there is this draw that's innate inside of all of us that wants to look back and see what we're missing out on. Some of you sit in this room today and you've accepted Jesus into your heart and you know that some transformation has taken place, but that draw of what was back there keeps drawing you backwards. And, and God is saying to you today, stop looking back. Jesus is saying, quit looking back. Quit longing for the sin and the nonsense and what will ultimately be your destruction. Don't look back. Don't go back. Don't forget the danger of turning around. So the story continues. And uh, when the mother was turned into a pile of salt, the two daughters of Lot had a fear that their family lineage would be over. We see that Lot and his daughters are held up in a cave while they're trying to figure out what life is going to look like. These two great cities had just been destroyed by God. And these daughters begin to think, well, maybe, maybe our family line isn't going to continue after this. And so they, uh, they make a decision that they're going to get their dad drunk. And one night after another, they each take turns and they sleep with their dad. Some of you are like, that's in the Bible? There's some crazy stuff in this book. But they're afraid. They're afraid that now that the city's been destroyed and maybe they thought to themselves we're the last three people on earth. I have no idea what they thought. But in that moment of fear, they make a bad decision. Good decisions are not made out of fear and desperation. If you find yourself in a place right now where you are afraid of something, that is not a good time for you to be making life choices. Genesis 19, verse 36 says this, so both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son and named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son and named him Ben-Ami. Uh, he is the father of the Ammonites today. So you might recognize the Moabites and the Ammonites because those are the ones that the children of Israel fought or Israel fought against for a long time. They were the enemy. In fact, there are four prophets in the Bible, Old Testament prophets, that spoke curses over, over uh, those particular groups of people. They were not well-liked. They were not well-received. And so as we look at this, we need to understand that out of this, this sinful decision, bad things came. Some very bad things came. Now, as we look in Matthew chapter one, we're gonna see part of the genealogy. And so I'm gonna have them put that up on the screen for us for just a second here. And it's uh, Matthew chapter one. So you see all these names and it, and it goes down and we see uh, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. So, and we continue. So we are in this lineage, this thing that just took place, this, this horrible thing that as we read it, we're like, what? It gets to King David, which we know that King David is in the lineage of Jesus. So that's what I want to spend a few moments on today. Ruth, the Moabite, her past was bad. Her lineage was bad. Sin, hurt, and fa failure. So how did she get into the genealogy of Jesus? Well, there was a famine 
in her home country, and she was a Moabite. Naomi and her son and family left the famine in Jerusalem and went to Moab to try to get their life back on track. Her son, while they were there, fell in love with a Moabite woman named Ruth and marries her. The men die in the famine and Naomi turns to Ruth and says, well, you, you can go back to your homeland. And listen to what Ruth says in Ruth chapter one, verse 16. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. So I want us to look at this for a moment because a girl with an awful family tree makes an incredible transformation. She makes a decision. It was a decision that she made. She made a choice. She said, I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be where you are. I want to, I want to be a part of where you're going. I want to change the bad history that's in my family tree and I want to start new. And for some of you, you need to hear that today because you've allowed your family tree to dictate your direction. And this is a choice that she's making. She moves from a curse to a blessing. The story goes that, that in Bethlehem, she is in a field when Boaz rides up and falls in love with her. She turns her back on her history and chooses her future. They marry, and as we can see, they have their great-grandson, or their great-great-grandson, David, who, has, uh, who now is in the lineage of Jesus. So when we look back at Ruth's life, we see Lot, we see sin, we see incest, we see drunkenness, we see debauchery, we see wickedness, we see pain, we see selfishness, we see all of these things. But when we look forward, we see Jesus. So no matter how bad your past, your future is bright when you put Jesus in it. We got to quit looking backward. For some of you, you need to hear this today because I believe that, that you have allowed your genealogy. We live in a time right now where it's, it's easier and easier to figure out where you come from, Right? 23andMe, all these things, you take the test, they'll tell you, like, they'll tell you about your, your ethnicity, they'll tell you, they can tell you other stuff about what, what, who you are and all that stuff, but can I tell you that none of that matters, it only matters what's in front of you. Here we've got a story of debauchery. We've got a story that's hard. We've got a story that it would be very easy for anybody to go, if you only knew my family, Right? I mean, we're just coming into Thanksgiving, and some of you are like, oh my goodness, it's that time. <laughs> it's that time of year where I'm reminded of where I come from, right? But aren't you so glad that that doesn't define you? Over these next few weeks, you're going to hear some stories, some of which you'll have heard before, some of which you won't have heard before, I think, and many of which you won't realize that those characters are actually in the lineage of Jesus. Why would Jesus do that? Because he wants to show. I love how he teaches. Jesus teaches by doing. 
Jesus shows us first. He doesn't expect us to do something he didn't have to do. So here is someone who could have said, but my lineage, but my genealogy. But Jesus never used that as an excuse. And all, there are so many great men and women who came through the lineage of Jesus. But as you backtrack, you begin to see, man, it was messy. I think we subtitled this. Did we subtitle this misfits and messes or something? Because it is absolutely that as we look at the story of Jesus and his genealogy. It doesn't matter what's behind you, Ruth. There's a savior in front of you. The calling in front of you is greater than the mess behind you. So keep moving forward. In just a moment, I'm gonna have the worship team come and they're gonna get ready to lead us in some more worship because I really wanted to end tonight with us really just coming to a place and you may go, this was kind of a short message and it was, but I honestly felt like as we start this, this new series, I want you to take some time and I want you to really think through A, the decisions that you're making in this season in your life. I think for many of us, we make decisions based on fear. Some of you sit in the room today and you've allowed politics to make you fearful. Maybe you sit in the room and the economy has got you scared. Perhaps you sit in the room today and because you've got family members or friendships of people that are, that are turning their back and running from God, that, that it's put you in a place of, of being reactionary. And we look at this story and I want you to understand that when we make decisions based on that, it's not ever the right decision. Yeah. And for some of you, you sit here today or you're watching online and you're in a place where you have allowed yourself to use the excuse of your genealogy to say, well, Jason, it's, it's good for you because you had a good dad and you had a good mom and you, you, had, you had a pretty easy upbringing. And there are people, you can watch them, that will use their genealogy to their advantage. They'll use it to their disadvantage. But I'm here to tell you right now that in the story that we just looked at, Ruth had a turning point moment in her life. She was being released. Go back. It's fine. This didn't work out. Your husband died. It's time for you to just go back to your own people. And Ruth, in that moment, makes a decision where she said, you know what? Those, that's not my people anymore. I don't want to travel with them anymore. I don't want to journey with them any longer. I want to journey with you. I want to be a part of your family. And for some of you today, you need to hear that because you need to make the decision right now to say, I'm journeying with Jesus Christ. That my past doesn't define me. But the fact is that I've got all these bad things that I've come from, but I'm going towards something amazing. Amen. The enemy's going to lie to you. He's going to say to you, you know what, that's really fine and nice that you think that. But the reality is, is your genealogy is always going to suck you back in. For some of you over these next few weeks, my hope and my prayer, even as we start this series, is that you will understand that you are the one that can break off generational curses. That you are the one that can step into your family's story and you can be the game changer. So that your children don't have the excuse to say, well, that's just the way it is. And maybe you've already made mistakes and you've already screwed up, but can I tell you, you can still change the story. You can stop being a Moabite and you can start saying, you know what, I'm with you, Naomi. I'm going in that direction. 
so that your grandchildren will see. I don't know what you're talking about, mom and dad, because when I see grandma or grandpa, I see life. I see somebody who had a hard story who turned it around and our family tree is changing because of it. So as we close this time together in, the, in just the next few moments, as Pastor Seth and the worship team lead us in some more worship, I want to just, I want to pray over you, but I want to I challenge you. I'm going to ask you today to just say, God, you see where I come from. You see the excuses that maybe you've even used in your past. But today I'm setting those aside. And I'm choosing today that God, where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. And watch what that does inside of your life. Some of you need to just let go. Your past has been broken and it's been hard and the enemy loves to bring that up to you. But he is a liar and he has no authority. So put yourself in Jesus' hands and watch what he does. I want you to close your eyes with me. I want to pray over you. Heavenly Father, God, tonight we just thank you so much for your amazing love for us, that God, you have shown us, that you care for us, that you have dreams and desires and plans for us. So Father, in these last few moments, as we just spend a little bit more time in worship, I pray God for those who sit within the sound of my voice right now who are in the midst of a battle and they're feeling torn because of the past. They're feeling like they've ruined it. They've, they've been a mess up. They've been a screw up and that there's no hope for them. And God, all of those things are untrue because as we look even to the genealogy of our Savior, we see that there are so many of those people, but yet there's redemption. So God, I just pray right now that the voice of the enemy would be silenced. That God, those who came into this room on the verge of giving up, that tonight would be a night where you would reinvigorate their faith. That you would help them to, to press in, to want more, to trust you. That God, it would be a moment, a, a Ruth moment, to say, I'm not going back, I'm moving forward. God, I just praise you because your love for us is bigger than we could ever hope or imagine. So God, we rest all of this in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. There's gonna be prayer teams down here if you need prayer for anything. Otherwise, I just wanna encourage you for just the next few moments as the worship team continues to lead us in worship, would you just take some time and just press in and see what God has to say to you tonight. Will you stand as we worship? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.